Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up, what's up, what's up, OG5? It's another Monday and we are here doing another live stream on the What's in Your Head podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us and thank you, Gordon, for uh, hanging out with us again. How are things out in Vegas, my friend? I am a non-fungible token. Are you now? And how much... Can one purchase you as a non-fungible token for? I didn't say it was a non-fungible token that was worth anything. Oh, you're just a non-fungible token. Just a non-fungible token. I see. Um, before we get into the show, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, someone pretending to be from Amazon the other day. And, yeah. um, you know, as more and more YouTubers make popularity out of uh, busting these guys' balls, it's harder and harder to do it because, well, they're catching on. But um, I actually got a call from Amazon the other day telling me that somebody in Ohio has purchased an iPhone for like $10 million on my account, et cetera, really? et cetera. Well, not $10 million, but they call you. I've, I've gotten these all the time. Dad got gets them too. Uh, they say they're from Amazon and that someone in Ohio has purchased an iPhone for, I think, $1,600 and they need to refund the money back, et cetera, et cetera. Here we go. Customer service. How can I help you? Yeah, you call me about someone charged an iPhone to my account? Yeah, you're right. Somebody's trying to misuse your information and they're trying to purchase an iPhone, okay? Okay. This is an information call. Yeah, actually this is an information call to the Amazon. First of all, so you have to stop that. Sounds very official, okay? huh? First yeah, it does. You have to cancel the order. And how can you do that, I'm telling you. All right. Okay. Yeah, first of all, I will provide you the cancellation form, and then you just pull it up. Then we will cancel the order. Do you have any smart device like computer, laptop? I don't know. I'd call it very smart, but I got one. Uh, is that a computer? Yes. Okay, sir. So if you don't mind, can I send you your computer? Can I send you your calculation from your computer? Sure. Tell me. Okay. Okay, so, so, sir, yeah, so, sir, now I'm transferring my CS. Pause it for a second. Uh, Sadly, I can't pause it on this program I'm using. Okay, sir, just hold the line. Don't hang up the call. Just hold the line. He's telling me to hold on because he's going to get a supervisor on the line. Yeah, hi, sir. This is Alan. I'm the senior supervisor on the floor. How are you doing today? Mm, I'm good, Alan. How are you? Um, good, and thank you for asking. And sir, uh, are you in front of your computer? How tall are you, Alan? That's a sexy name. Okay. Uh, just do one thing. Just uh, open the Google Chrome browser. Okay. And look at your screen at the very top. Can you see a long search panel? Yep. You sound uh, cute. Just type in the long search panel. Type www.sexyhotnakedmen.com. Sorry? I said sexyhotnakedmen.com. <laughs> 
amazing how intense the they get. You start talking about gay stuff, they always hang up. Yeah, whenever these, anytime you start bringing up gay stuff and they trying to scam you. See, that was actually the nice one. A lot of times when I bring up the, you know, like when they're calling you from Microsoft, okay, are you in front of your computer? Yes, I am. What do you see on your screen? I'll say two guys fucking or two girls having sex. And usually they, oh, you mother, blah, 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 blah. They get rip shit pissed. You start bringing up gay stuff in that conversation, they get angry. And that was a nice way of him just hanging up. Usually they go on a diatribe how they're going to kill you. It's fucking I'd be, hilarious. I'd be like, okay, yeah, actually I'm bringing up my Amazon app. And let's see what they say at that point, you know? Well, I was just sitting on my couch. That was actually me holding my phone up to the microphone because I, I yeah. quickly scurried in here. But, it uh, sounded like they had better, uh, better communications technology in World War II than their phone line. Yeah, that and, you know. Of course, Bebop said, right outside the door with the loudest squeaky toy in the house. Thanks, dog. But yeah, it's like they're in the world's loudest like call center, quote unquote. It's like, yeah, it's like, like you're Amazon. Because Are you, you in a Turkish, Turkish bathhouse, bath man? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, Amazon can't afford a better call center than that. It's, it's so ridiculous. But people fall for it. Um, about two weeks ago, I had a customer call me. Oh, my God. Um. Uh, I think they closed on my bank account. I tried to go down to Walmart and thank God discovery, literally her discovery card declined her purchase of two Google play cards for a thousand dollars a piece. She was actually falling for it. And, um, I said, I guarantee if you call the bank, your account's are Oh, they said they closed. I said, I guarantee. So once she got everything sorted out and she would realize it was a scam, I sent her to the YouTube to watch those people scam them and where they show. And basically in that particular video, step-by-step is what they had her do for do okay we're law and i said what they do is they log in to your computer and then they have you go to your bank's website and then when they black out the screen all they're doing is editing the html code on your google chrome and so when you pull it back up it looks like your balance has twenty thousand dollars more in it than it did before and that way you're freaked out i said there's they're not transferring it the reason they black out the screen is they you can hit i think it's like f12 on google chrome and it'll show you the source code and you can edit it on the fly obviously it doesn't upload it to the server but whatever you have displaying on Google Chrome will, will show that change. And so that's how they do it. They open up Google Chrome. They hit either F11 or F12. You can do it on your keyboard. You'll see the source code on the right. And you just go in there and edit it. And they just have templates on their scam machine. They just copy and paste it in there. Change the number. Screen's no longer black. Is this your account? Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. Why does it say I have $20,000 more? Oh, we accidentally transferred the wrong amount back. So what we need you to do is go down there and buy X amount of cards. And that's the whole scam. And people fall for it all the time. It's insane. Absolutely. I'm watching the blue wheel of death on the Facebook feed. Really? Because uh, I'm, I go, I'm, now I'm disconnected from, my phone's disconnected from my house. And I'm watching it right now. And. So I don't know if it's your, maybe it's your internet connection, but yeah, I'm watching it live right now. Yeah, it's all right. Let me see if I'm, um, how, how much of a delay I have here. So I don't know if it's your. It's your yep, that's right there. Yep, so maybe half a second. On me. Hey, at least I'm still broadcasting. Yeah, that's good. So I um, want to kill that. Yeah, shit. Um, so a couple of things we're going to work on this, this summer, probably more towards the fall, is I'm going to start touring going out touring like you're going on to, like is it a comedy yeah, tour or like yeah, a spoken actually, word or like are you gonna get out the acoustic guitar and do like tour coffee houses like in the 90s the, the world's worst uh ghost towns okay we got a grip of ghost towns out here that aren't too far from here and i think i'm gonna get like a series together of them and we'll go out and, and tour one throw a quick video together which i actually was working on before i got on yes i'm in remiss i haven't been working on much uh just been doing more around the house but I do have one coming up on the tonneau cover I got for the truck. So uh, 
that will be one of them half-ass, half-ass reviews. Yeah, that's something that's new I start doing. Uh, the half-ass, half-ass review, the only difference is they're shorter. and um, Even more half-assed. Yeah, and more half-assed because when you have less half the content, you have half the information to provide. But it, they're quick to do. They don't take a whole hell of a long time. And uh, they're, they're fun. Um, apparently. 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 Um, TikTok has a fascination with penises and potholes. <laughs> now, really? for you, the longtime viewer of the uh, Waterman and D-Train show and the What's In Your Head podcast, um, you guys aren't new to the what I affectionately refer to, and we've talked about it many times on this page, mm-hmm. is the Cape Coral Cock Block. <laughs> and what that is, is when I lived on the other side of the neighborhood, some kids were out and they were having fun with the spray can and they painted a big penis on the inside of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just paint penises on the neighborhood without the city having to do something about it. And so you can't cover up and you just turn green. So I think it is your internet connection. But anyhow, you can't just uh, paint over spray paint in the middle of the street because as cars drive over it, the paint goes away and the original offender comes back. Right. Right. And so they actually have to patch over it with blacktop. And so I stitched someone else's video and I'll just play it for you real quick. Um, someone was playing a clip um, where someone like Minnesota, they put a cone in a pothole and then they pa- they painted two penises next to it. And so I stitched it with my own version. The city hasn't been able to fill this pothole yet. So somebody threw a cone on it and marked it with some pointers. Believe it or not, that is a very effective way to get road work done. See this? This is what I refer to as the Cape Coral cock block. Now, we didn't have a hole here, but some young kids did spray paint a cock in the middle of the street. And, well, since cars travel up and down the street, you can't just paint over a cock because, well, the tires are wear down the paint and the cock will inevitably come back. And so you have to patch over a cock. So, if you do have a hole in your neighborhood and the city won't do anything about it, paint cocks around it and it will come out and patch it. I posted that yesterday, like at 3.45 p.m. Yeah. By 7.30 this morning, it had 21,000 views. And as of right now, it's hanging out at 69,000 views. Oh, there you go. And I get everybody comment. Ooh, I know what I'm going to do now. I actually have people from around Cape Coral and Fort Myers commenting like, oh, why don't you do that down at Burnt Store? But it's just funny how something is so silly like that. It's all the, for me and my TikTok page, it seems like it's always the relatable content that blows up. Well, because I'm not a hot blonde chick who can shake my ass and I don't know these stupid trendy dance moves. And so I have to rely on, as we've talked about before, um, content that people can relate to. And apparently that one's blowing up because, um, I've gotten quite a lot more followers from that now, too. But, uh, yep, YouTube and Facebook are actually running the same. They're usually lagging one. Huh, interesting. It is interesting. Thank you, Morgan Long, always uh, keeping us in track. I wanted to talk about this last week as I'm sitting here drinking what's left of my Larceny bourbon. Now, whenever I go to my World War II reenactments, I always have a a flask on me to the point where I Mm. think my buddies think I'm a lush. (laughs) But the only time I actually drink bourbon is when I'm doing this podcast or at a reenactment. And so it was after hours and we're all sitting around a, a flashlight because we couldn't have campfires at this particular location. And we're all <laughs> drinking as we're apt to do. Hot flashlight conversation, yeah. huh? Yep. From practical to tactical. Not, got one of those pull-up ones. Not even a lantern? Well, I have a, I got one of those, um, those lanterns that's closed and you pull it up and on the commercial it's from practical to tactical. Ah, and so, but mine's a knockoff version of that. But anyhow, it, it's all LEDs. It's nice and bright. But anyhow, so I pull out the, I pull out the uh, flask, and it's got the larceny. Everybody's like, "Ooh, this is good. This is good." There's this young cat next to me. He's like, "Nah, I'm good." 
I was like, huh? He's like, I only drink wild turkey. <laughs> now, That's some rock gut cheap fucking liquor, man. Sadly, five minutes before that, before I went to my tent and got my flask, I had a Miller Lite tall boy. You know, because mm-hmm. you can take the boy out of the trailer, but you can't take the trailer out of the boy. And I told this young man, I said, hey, I got another one in my cooler if you want it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is before the larceny conversation. No, nah, I only drink Pabst Blue Ribbon. What kind of palate does this young kid have? The hipster palate? Or just access to horrible booze palate? Whose preferred drinks are Pabst Blue Ribbon and Wild Turkey? Only the person Wild Turkey is Old Crow. Maybe it's just somebody who really doesn't want to learn something better because he'll have to spend more money that he doesn't have. Or yeah. it's just a hipster thing. Absolutely. I, I mean, PBR has been huge forever. When I went back to Montana in the early 2000s, it was mm-hmm. like the shit for some reason, which I always thought it was shit. Uh, I remember dad drinking it when we were uh, young. Yeah, him and Uncle, uh, Uncle, yeah, him and Uncle Mike drank it. Yep. It got so, bought yeah. out, didn't it? Probably. I think most likely. Let's see here. Paps Blue Ribbon, commonly known as PBR, is an American lager beer sold by Paps Brewing Company, established in Milwaukee. If you guys ever watched uh, Wayne's now, it World, it would have been funny if he uh, said, "This ain't Lucky Lager." <laughs> established in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in eighteen forty-four, and currently based in Los Angeles. Originally called Best Select, and then Paps Select. The current name comes from the blue ribbon tied around the bottle's neck between 1882 and 1916. Um, I'll jump past all that. In popular culture, 1973. Here you go. This is probably exactly why. 19, because we're born in 70. I was born in 78, and you're born, what, 75? Mm-hmm. So in 1973, American country music artist Johnny Russell oh, recorded Rednecks, White Socks, and Blue Ribbon Beer, a song written by Bob McDill and Waylon Holyfield. In the 1986 David Lynch film, Blue Velvet, the character Frank Booth was asked the main character, Jeffrey Beaumont, his favorite beer, Beaumont answers by saying Heineken, to which Booth gets infuriated, shouting Paps Blue Ribbon. But um, it don't say, I could have sworn it got bought out a few years ago. And it is sometimes featured in a negative context on the popular TV show, South Park. Mm-hmm. In 2010, food industry executive C. Dean Metro- Metrolopolis bought the company for a reported $250 million. In 2011, the U.S. Secretaries and Exchange Commission uh, forced two advertising executives to cease efforts to raise $300 million to buy Paps Blue Ribbon. Why? Why would they step in and stop that? Well, it's actually still owned by the Paps Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, Paps Blue Ribbon Hold raised over two, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, so... Out of San Antonio. Speaking of hipsters, I saw a very um, observant TikTok where a young gentleman pointed out that all these cats with mullets, they're just a new form of hipster. Yeah. And, uh, with their mullets and, and their viper, viper, uh, pit viper yeah, glasses. Pit viper glasses. Horrible. So, hey, um, it's been a while, but we got the phones back up and working. We want to hear from you. Give us a call at 239-299-3896. That is 239-299-3896. If you're watching via Facebook or wherever, give us a call. We want to talk to you. We haven't talked to you guys in a while. So we figured, uh, why not take a telephone call? So give us a call. So what do you think about this gas shortage from the oil pipeline hack? How crazy is that? 
You know, it doesn't surprise me with everything that's been going on with commodities since about October. It's just like one thing after another. This one actually really didn't surprise me at all, and I was wondering why it didn't happen earlier. Exactly, and people are saying shortage, and I'm seeing videos from like northern Florida, I guess, because down here in Cape and southwest Florida, our our gas stations, there are no lines, but I'm seeing videos online where people are showing uh, cars stacked up at the gas station. I see the biggest thing I'm hearing is a bump in price, which God damn it, we don't need. I did see one. I did see one local gas station. It's already up to like three dollars and something when everybody else is still around two seventy. So I don't know how he's not getting hit with price gouging yet. But um, to what you were saying, what's well, weird out here? I've seen gas prices run, and I know it's going to sound horrible. Uh, Old granddad, I've never heard of that one, Morgan Long. Three fifteen at at um sam's club a gallon to 358 across the street well it'll be interesting if this is the final straw that forces um i don't want to say allies but third world governments to kind of crack down on this and here's why dateline bbc news by marianne rousson tagline u.s fuel pipeline hackers quote didn't mean to create a problem a cyber criminal gang that took the major U.S. fuel pipeline offline over the weekend has acknowledged the incident in a public statement. Quote, our goal is to make money and not to create problems for society. Dark, dark side wrote on its website. The U.S. issued emergency legislation on Sunday after Colonial Pipeline was hit by ransomware cyber attack. Now, some of these are cyber attacks, but some of these are just emails that people download on the work network and F everything up. Um, the pipeline carries 2.5 million barrels a day. That's 45% of the East coast supply for diesel, petro and jet fuel. Great. Your airplane prices are going to go up. Operations took itself offline on Friday after a cyber attack work. I'm sorry. After a cyber attack work to restore services continuing. How did the cyber attack shut off us pipelines? Uh, the ransomware surges surge running lives, uh, travel, blah, blah, blah. That's, not the problem when you copy and paste these websites, a lot of this nonsense gets pasted in there that they have like exactly. underneath photographs. And I try, I went, they actually went through before the show and clean all this up. Let's see, um, operators, how to blah 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 blah. A number of cybersecurity researchers, including firms contacted by the BBC, have speculated that cyber criminal gangs could be Russian as their software avoids. And I never knew this part software avoids encrypting computers that language is set to Russia. I never knew, and I've had some customers get hit with ransomware in the past, but I, that's new to me. Uh, mm. Mr. Biden, so, see that the BBC doesn't even call him President Biden? That's a little weird. Mr. Biden said that the U.S. government was concerned about the aspect of the cyber attack. Quote, I'm going to meet with President... Ladies and gentlemen, we here at the What's Your Head podcast are by no means fans of Joe Biden, but God damn it, when a foreign newspaper is writing about our president... And in the same paragraph, refer to him as Mr. Biden, but President Putin? We got a problem here, don't you think? No, they don't lean a certain way. Wait, he'll be President Biden before we know it. They don't lean a certain way at all, do they? Mr. Biden said that the U.S. government... Wait, wait, hold on. If Harris somehow became president, would they... Refer to her as... Oh, absolutely. Or will it be President Harris? It'll be President... Superior Miss Almighty Harris, because we saw what happened to the beloved Brit Good Morning Britain's uh, what's his dick, who used to be over here on, uh, on our news stations, who uh, said he didn't believe the princess and simply 
he stayed. He didn't believe what she had to say. I just thought that the, the, the marketing would be the beloved President Harris. Yes, because as we learned with him, the fact and, that he questioned somebody who was now married in royalty, but who was half black, he got labeled a racist because he didn't believe her simply because he didn't believe her, not because of her race. But to answer your question, yes. Back to the messed up paragraph. Mr. Biden said the U.S. government was concerned about the aspect of the cyber attack. Quote, I'm going to be meeting with President Putin. And as so far, there is no evidence based on our intelligence reports that the Russians are involved, he said. Although there is evidence that the actor's ransomware is in Russian, so they have some responsibility to deal, to deal with this. Blah, blah. Dark Slide posted on a statement on their website on Monday, describing itself as apolitical. Quote, we do not uh, participate in geopolitics. Do not need to tie us with a defined government and look for our, quote, motives, the group said. The group also indicated that it had not been aware that Colonial was being targeted by one of their affiliates. So they're a business, Gordon. They have affiliates. There's a corporation who designs us bullshit, and then they have affiliates who put it out there, and they actually get a kickback from the money raised by the affiliates. Fun, fun to know. Unless they sort it out by Tuesday, they're going to be in big trouble. I'm not going to read this whole story, but as I was getting to the beginning of this, is maybe these guys are starting to get a little scared because now they fucked up. And now they're fucked up, son. Now there's reason for Russia to. Obviously, we know Russia doesn't care. And we know Russia has probably gets, you know, they enjoy the boost to their economy from this crap. But Mm -hmm. Russians aren't afraid of making martyrs out of people. (laughs) And so there's nothing stopping them from blowing smoke our way and gaslighting us by rounding up a handful of these assholes and making an example out of them. Part of me wonders with everything that's been going on since October, uh, between the hurricanes hitting the coast, uh, that jumped up PVC price right away. Cause mm-hmm. but people don't realize a lot of the plastics and stuff come from petroleum. And then everything that seems to be going in lockstep right behind it, if it's almost not a, a lesson to the president about you don't fuck with the oil industry too bad. But even still, Russia's not, Putin's not afraid of uh, just rounding up a couple assholes and send them to prison forever and then allowing it to continue through another group of assholes, but just to make an example. So I'm hoping a lot of these guys are actually scared and maybe this shit will die down for a year or two and we'll get some peace from this ransomware nonsense. But yeah, I'm already seeing prices. Um, I don't know what town, there's a guy on TikTok, he's got a pretty big account. He uh, He runs a honey wagon company. For those of you that don't know, those are the turd herders. Yes, the turd hurdlers. And he was saying that... They his, jump over turds? His, yes. Well, they drive over your yard to get to your septic tank, so I guess they're hurdling I turds. I was thinking of the, uh, the the honey wagons that actually pump out all the uh, all the construction site tortoise shit or something. Well, same ones. They do your septic yeah. tanks, too. But um, he was saying that in, in a small town he's in, I think he's in Alabama or somewhere, he's actually... Alabama. He's shut down because... According to him, I don't know how many trucks are in his fleet, but he said he spends roughly around $21,000 a week in Petro. And that that uh, there's like three gas stations in his small town and only one of them has gas left. And so his business is dead right now and all his customers are getting pissed that he can't come pump out their stuff. But like he's saying, what can I do? My town has this no shit fuel. piles <laughs> up. Yep. Hey, real quick, I want to kick back to the beer thing. And I was looking at on that article from Pep's uh, Brewery, I was looking down further um, about awards and the awards from the Great American Beer Festival. Have you ever heard of that? No. Is it any th- I've seen the movie well, uh, Beer I'm, Fest. I'm, 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 I'm a little skeptical because 1990, Pabst Blue Ribbon won silver. 
but malt liquor, Old English, 801. Pearl Lager, Old English, Hams, Olympia Dry. It's all like garbage beer. Old Milwaukee. There's an Old Milwaukee on here. It got gold in 2003. Old Milwaukee Light, Old Style out of Chicago. That's got to be like a hipster beer fest. This is like... Is Natty Ice on the list? This is what all the poor ski bums in Big Sky drank. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I think 100 fucking percent. This is like college. This is J- this is totally by college kids. Your roommate, what? you guys call him Schmitty. Sh- he well, he drinks like something like Schlitz beer. Not Schlitz, but it was even worse. It was an off brand like Schmitty beer. Schmitz. Some sh- Schmitz, Schmitz beer. Yeah. Is it like in a blue and black can? Yep. The cat listened to nothing but. Uh, get up, get on up, get up, get on up, get on the scene. It's a sex machine. He listened to James Brown and drank off-brand beer. <laughs> he was a hipster before his time. And that was like in 1997 when I was in high school. That's the only yeah. thing I remember. Your, your roommate drank off-brand beer and less nothing but James Brown and wore polyester shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and I still keep communication. He actually had a... Uh, the guys from... Um, God, I forget the people who did the filming. They do a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, videos with motorbikes too, but uh, or dirt bikes. But they did a video called "Packing and Jacking," and uh, he w- they were out there in Big Sky briefly, and he went with them out to West Yellowstone, and he had a turd brown jacket and pants that he wore. <laughs> Fucking Jason. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, you're back to your beer, your beer competition there. Yeah, so I'm looking at that cup, and it's a bunch of. I'm sorry, garbage beer. Oh, no, I'm not even sorry. It's garbage beer. Then I look at the World Beer Cup, and it's, again, Old English 800, Schlitz Malt Liquor, Country Club Malt Liquor, Schlitz Ice, Schlitz Malt Liquor, PBR, Old Style, Special Export. Mm, that's interesting. That would be an American-style cream ale or lager. Uh, Old Mill, Lone Star, Lone Star Light, Olympia, Old Style, National Bohemian. That sounds fun. Lone Star and Colt. So it's like... Sounds like they missed out on a marketing opportunity to call it the Dirt Ball Beer Bash. Because that's all cheap-ass dirt beer. <laughs> dirt Bag Beer Bash. There yeah, Dirt go. Bag Beer Bash. Sponsored by Red Red Dog. Do they still make Red Dog? I do not know. God, that's a name I haven't... Red Dog, Zima with... Red Dog Beer is was introduced in 1994 and is brewed with two barley malts. Let's try that again. Two barley, barley malts and five varieties of American hops. Plank Road Brewery, I remember that because they did Ice House, uh, was name of Frederick Miller's first brew house in the 19th century. Plank Road name was resurrected in the 1990s to sell Ice House and Red Dog as a more premium beer under a different name. Morgan Long is rip shit pissed that Colt 45 didn't win any awards at the Dirt Bag Beer Bash. I didn't see Mad Dog 2020 up there either. Yeah. Um, so last week or the week before we played a clip and I'm going to play it again for everybody to refresh their memory. But I think the, I don't know. It wouldn't be fair to call Bill Maher a progressive. He's definitely a leftist, but I don't think it'd be fair to call him a progressive. He's a liberal. Where does Trevor Noah fall in that sliding scale of assholes? Uh, For those of you who don't know, he's... Way further left than Bill Maher. Is he a limey? He has the limey accent. No, he's from South Africa. Oh, same difference. They're colonized by the limeys. The Dutch. Nope, the Dutch. Okay, well... It's actually Afrikaans is what they speak. He still has the, the... he still has the uh, accent. Yes, I'm here with useless knowledge. And he is the host, the current host of The Daily Show. 
and he's the one that we played the clip that every single day all the spots for the daily show was just trump bashing and then the day joe biden won his very next episode was he somehow duck pill platypus because he no longer has any content but um i think the super extreme progressive left are starting to lose their liberal mouthpieces in the media yeah they're starting to eat their own actually well, not only are they starting to eat their own, but they, uh, the mouthpieces are starting to wake up. And just as a as a refresher, here's the one we played a week ago where um, Bill Maher actually sounds a lot like me and what I said multiple times about why um, young kids are focused on when it comes to politics and corporations. You know the reason why advertisers in this country love the 18 to 34 demographic? Because it's the most gullible. Yeah. A third of people under 35 say they're in favor of abolishing the police. Not defunding, but doing away with a police force altogether, which is less of a policy position and more of a leg tattoo. 36% of millennials think it might be a good idea to try communism. But much of the world did try it. I know millennials think that doesn't count because they weren't alive when it happened. But it did happen. And there are people around who remember it. Pining for communism is like pining for Betamax or MySpace. So when you say, you're old, you don't get it. Get what? Abolish the police and the border patrol and capitalism and cancel Lincoln? No, I get it. Problem isn't that I don't get what you're saying or that I'm old. The problem is that your ideas are stupid. If you say, let's eat in the bathroom and shit in the kitchen. Yeah, that's a new idea. (laughs) But I wouldn't call it interior design. And so... The extremism is starting to lose the people who used to promote this stuff. And Trevor Noah is now waking up to some of the insanity when it comes to the mask mandates. And when you're losing Comedy Central and you're losing The Daily Show, you got a problem in your political house. First they said, masks make us less safe. Oh, don't wear a mask. Then they said, masks make us more safe. And now, according to this new chart, masks can make you not safe again? In fact, this whole chart is trash. Yeah, I said it. I mean, for starters, this guy is in the least safe category, but he's wearing a mask. And the really frustrating thing about this chart is that they've spent months, they've spent five months telling us to get vaccinated. Oh, get vaccinated, and this will all be over. Get vaccinated. And I was like, great, I'll get all the four vaccines if it means I'll get my life back. But now, now they're putting out a chart, and it says even if you get vaccinated, you can only do two more things without a mask on? Two? Guys, what the hell? The shit saying to people is incoherent. You're telling us these new vaccines are 95% effective and will stop coronavirus, but we still can't do anything without a mask on anyway. Which is it? Is this one of Control. the most effective vaccines in the history of the world or does it not work? Control. Well, here's the thing. They rely heavily on Comedy Central, MTV, um, pop culture musicians, comedians to help deliver this message to the young people who don't sit around watching CNN and MSNBC all night long. When you start to lose them, you got problems. Well, and that's just it. Everybody's been saying so follow the science, which I'm all about following the science. And I understand that science uh, as its sciences, so to speak, will contradict itself and as studies come out. But the problem is they keep saying follow the science. And you look all the way back to when Fauci said don't wear a mask obviously under the guys are not you know taking all the masks from the hospitals mm-hmm. but they're not effective and all this other if you look at the timeline so the science is mixed mm-hmm. so you're telling me to follow a mixed message and, you know it's insane 
I'm just looking for a headline in the note I saw. I saw a, a a screenshot, but I'm not seeing the actual story now where someone was claiming that Fauci said mask may become permanent feature, but I'm not seeing the, I the news story it. now right now. But um, and look, I'm an IT guy, and there's nothing dirtier with the exception of cell phones and people's mouse and keyboards. And when this whole thing started. I wore mask. I actually went down to Vance Auto Parts and was spending fifteen, twenty dollars on box of high end mechanic latex rubber gloves. So Hold when on. I went to people go ahead. I got something that's going to fucking blow your mind. Okay. I'm writing these lines. So the great state of Nevada until recently, as they were opening up, well they allowed the dancers to start dancing again. But because of the spread of COVID, they all had to wear tops or bras. They couldn't be topless. Because nipples are extra sensitive. Do they have more COVID on the nips? I don't. I don't know. I haven't guys seen. Are going to go motorboating a fucking bird. I haven't seen the. Um, I'd like to see the science on that. Yeah, showing that the surface area of the breast and the nipple are four times more um, conducive to uh, conductive to, to surface de- surface contamination of bacteria of COVID nineteen. But you know, back when this thing started, back when everybody was. And I never went this far, but when people were Lysoling their damn Google boxes and spraying down their fucking groceries, which I never did, I, you know, I was, we didn't know anything. So I buying these rubber gloves and I was using them on keyboards. I would take one glove when I was at the ATM because you don't, we didn't know. I would use a glove. You know, you put one over your head like Howie Mandel. No, I actually take off my clothes, put one in my head and run down the street naked. You don't look at me. I'm a squid, but that's besides the point. Um, gas pumps. I would use one glove, but after the stories came out that, uh, they discovered that, uh, there was no transmission rate from surfaces. I stopped wasting money on gloves. And then when the flip flopping started beginning with the mask, I slowly stopped wearing the mask. I got to the point where I would put it in my pocket. And if somebody asked me to put it on, which they never did until evidently, um, except for Starbucks would, but now I'm at the point now where I just put it in my pocket. I walk into place, and if somebody says, hey, can you put on a mask, I'll put it on. But other than that, I'm not even wearing them at this point. It's like, it's insane, the back and forth. Just like uh, someone pointed out Saturday Night Live, the big kerfuffle with um, Tesla Boy. Yeah, I, I heard that Elon Musk was actually not going to be on, and then he was on anyway. Well, someone took a, you know how at the end how they all get together and they do the hugging and they all get on stage? Yeah. For the entire show, you had all the actors on stage doing their skits no mask not a single mask to be seen but that last scene where they're all on stage together even though they've all been acting together and been all around, at that final scene every one of them had a mask on it's like what, which one is message. it you gotta send the message and you know they're gonna be asking us for our papers which uh i heard a joe joe rogan clip where they were um doing their first mma at a an arena with a crowd Mm-hmm. That was in Florida, I believe. And they the whole thing started. Everybody screaming. Joe's like, this is stupid. He's like, just 15 minutes ago, before this thing started, we were all standing back in the green room without mask on. Just the three of us talking. Now we're sitting at the same table. Now we got to wear a mask. This is dumb. And it's just, it's just, it's the costume for the theater of fucking paranoia. Got to keep the victims still feeling victimized and the, the fearful still feeling they need to be in fear. Speaking of fear. Hey, speaking of fear, I'm sorry. Thank God a rocket didn't fall on us, huh? Yeah, how about that? Nothing, no big deal. Just a 19-story rocket floating around space that no one knows where it's going to land. Eh, it 
might be all right. Could be not. Has that thing? I've seen. It did. It landed in the Indian Ocean. That's good. That would that would have been a hell. Too bad it didn't plane. land on that uh, that that pretend Google place. Yeah. Right. So speaking of keeping people in fear, let's go back to the good old days of 1976, where New York was a barren shithole and mass murders had a run of the old fucking streets. In a reign of terror, he had shot 13 and murdered six. This man started screaming, help me, God help me. It became obvious that there was a serial killer. Once they named Berkowitz, it was like, we got our bad guy, shut it down, everybody can walk the streets again. They totally ignored the true story in this case. There were a series of eight attacks. Did you do all of them? I did not pull the trigger at every single one of them. I didn't think it was David Berkowitz then, and I don't think it's him now. The sketches don't add up. There were reports of a cult. There were real questions in this case, but the response was, it's over. Maury was disheartened by that. He wrote the facts. He wanted the world to know the truth, and it became an obsession. Maury felt that the police wanted this to go away. He was convinced that he was right. Can you prove that he wasn't? No, that's my point. This is monstrous. It's a road that leads to death and destruction. And once you step over that line, sometimes you can't get out. What else could be going on here? You got suspects dying accidentally. This organization was big and even more important, was real. I think Maury was onto something. Netflix miniseries Sons, plural of Sam, author Murray Terry becomes convinced that serial killer David Berkowitz did not act alone and tries to prove that the web of darkness behind the Son of Sam murders goes deeper than anyone imagined. And his investigation cost him everything. He goes as far as trying to link the Manson murders to the uh, occult that was he claims behind the Son of Sam murders. Now, I'm only two episodes in, so I don't know the whole story yet. But he presents some interesting things in that the first three or four murders... There were three or four different um, sketch artist r- renderings of what this person looked like, and none of them looked like David Berkowitz. Now, we all know the story that Berkowitz was allegedly taking orders from the dog of his the guy who lived behind him, whose name was Sam. It wasn't Brian Griffin? Nope, it was Sam. Hmm. Now, Sam had two sons. Sam allegedly used to beat the shit out of and stole and lock up in his attic. The dog had to at least drive a Prius, right? Yeah. And interestingly enough, in the first letter written to the police detective by the son of Sam, there were clues and things in this letter talking about how he is the son of Sam and how Sam would beat his family and lock us in the attic and made reference to Wheaties, um, which was Sam's... So that would be back when Bruce Jenner was on the box. Um, Well, it, it was... Made reference to, I think, forgive me, John Wheaties, which Sam's son was named John Wheat Carr, Wheaties. And there was reference to, um, like, the opening letter was um, Hello from the Gutters of New York. Well, apparently, um, in Yonkers, there's a grass road that's overgrown that would go between Mr. Carr's house and Berkowitz's apartment building that was called the Gutters. Mm-hmm. And it went to this old school, now defunct park that used to have fountains and all the stuff people go to in the fifties and sixties, back when everybody would vacation, like around the, you know, um, those type of places, kind of like the whole um, dirty dancing resort. 
And so there was these underground catacombs where, um, say, some Satan worshippers would go down there and they would murder dogs and their blood. And um, as Satan worshippers would do, the, this Murray cat went down there. Somebody showed him, and and it's right down the street from Berkowitz and Carr's house. But interestingly enough, the first two uh, sketches, the eyewitness sketches, looked awfully similar to Mr. Carr's two sons. So the first one looked like Mr. Wheaties that was brought up in the letter, and the second one looked like his other son. Now, interestingly enough, after Berkowitz was arrested, Mr. Wheaties' car vanished. Not his car, but that was his last name, Carr. Then he was found dead like four weeks later in like nowhere in Minnesota. Ah, jeez. And so, like I said, I'm only on episode two or three, but he's outlining all this stuff that makes you think that Berkowitz did some killings, but not all of them, that he was tied into this nationwide satanic cult. And apparently as the series goes on, they lay the groundwork to saying that the Manson family was part of the same cult. And so all these murders are tied together. So say the last names of the people one more time. Carr. Carr. C-A-R-R. Sam Carr was the owner of the dog and his son, I think was John Carr. And then another one. Just the last names. And Berkowitz. Carr, Berkowitz and cats. They hear cats. Uh, no, but, um, oh, Wheaties. Wheat, Wheaties was the wheat, wheat, Wheaties, wheat car, car, John wheat yeah. car, Wheaties car and Berkowitz sounds like the world's worst folk band or a world's worst lawyer firm. Yeah, that's true. And they were showing, there was some old satanic, um, logo that was written like in the 1800s, um, by the cat who started this whole cult and there were names on there. And one of them, when you read it backwards it was something car and then there was another name that looked similar to berkowitz so but anyhow it's on netflix if you're looking if your wife's in the true crime or you like true crime and you want to check out some fantastic footage of the shithole known as new york via 1976 when it looked like it was post-apocalypse it was exactly remember those movies from the 70s and 80s new york was just nothing but a graffitied hell oh, it was they're showing like all these hookers and pimps just walking around and just the insanity of, and that's kind of wasn't it Giuliani that cleaned that up. Yeah, but that wasn't until like the eighties and nineties. Nineties, yeah. early two thousands. I think Abe Beam was the mayor at the time. Um if Morgan not Morgan, I know Martin was on here earlier in the Facebook live stream, but he's probably not on here now. Martin lives in New York. He could probably fill us in. But I think the mayor at the time was Abe Beam and he was running for election. And um Mayor Jim Beam. Mayor New York nineteen seventy six. And so basically the hypothesis was the police weren't interested in trying to see if in fact there, because Mr. Murray took his case and presented it to him. They weren't interested in reopening it. But just think if we, uh, if we cancel the police or, or, or defund them and, and everything that uh, a certain group of people want to do, New York will look like it did once again. March 20th, 1906 to February 10th, 2001 was the lifespan of Mr. Abraham David Beam. He was the 104th mayor of New York City from 1974 to 1977. As the mayor, he presided over the city during the fiscal well, crisis. Term. Well, of the fiscal crisis of the 1970s when the city was almost declared bankruptcy. Um, let's see here. Career, early politics. It was the OG Detroit almost. Yep. Beam defeated the state senator John J. Marcini in 1973 mayor election, became the 104th mayor of New York City. Bean was the first mayor of New York City who was a practicing Jew. Not that that really means anything. Do you have to practice? I guess. He faced the worst financial crisis in the city's history and spent the bulk of his term attempting to uh, ward off bankruptcy. Uh, he slashed the city's workforce, froze salaries, and reconfigured the budget, which 
uh, provide unsatisfactory until <laughs> reinforced by actions from nearly cr- newly created state-sponsored in- uh, entities. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, October 1975. But anyhow, they're claiming because it was a re-election year, that's why the police just wanted to, okay, Berkowitz did it. He's our guy. Moving on. Case closed. The mayor did a fantastic job. Thank you. Sawancha. So, so, yeah, definitely check that out. It's on Netflix. That's our Netflix um, binge movie of the week. And uh, we still want to hear from you guys. Give us a call, 239-229-3896. Um, you familiar? Oh, how do you feel about Kias? Um, they all can catch fire and burn to the ground. Oh, wait, they already have that problem anyway. I feel the same way, especially living in the land formerly known as Cape Kia because of Fusilla Kia, who's now on the run because he's defrauding people and he sold all his Kia dealerships and he's he's on the lam. But uh, there's a model Kia that keeps catching my eye. Have you seen, and ironically, I'm sure no one in Telluride drives a Kia Telluride, but have you seen this vehicle? Yes. You've got the Kia Telluride, and then you've got the sister car, the Hyundai Palisade. The Kia, the Kia, the Kia Telluride, and if you guys go to YouTube or Facebook right now, it should be up on the ugly. screen. Well, that's a bad photo, but it it's kind of like a miniature. What's what was the Ford that had that same shape? Um, uh, Explorer. Was it the Explorer, the the short, stubby one that was a little wide? Yeah. It was Explorer, and that's actually bigger than the Explorer. Actually, I think it's the current size. Everything's gotten bigger. So uh, This thing has a nice stance. This picture doesn't represent. It's actually pretty wide and squatty. Mm-hmm. And Carrie's been looking at getting an, an SUV, and we've been thinking about looking, looking at Toyotas and Subarus and even Jeep Cherokees, and we keep seeing this damn thing driving down the street. And I'm telling you, I'm half tempted just to go look. I know the only problem I have with Kias and you will and and, and Hyundai's is everyone I've ever no they it's I'm six two and I would have a hard time in it. Yeah, um, so you really need to kind of test that that magic out because if you're eating your kneecaps, I don't think you're going to like it. Well, Melody had a Kia. Um, Carrie's mom's had like three of them. Her brother had one for a while. He moved up to a Jeep. Like I said, I'm not a fan of Kia, but I just keep seeing this damn thing driving around. And I'll tell you what, it's catching my eye. And, uh, yeah, it does look like an Explorer, Morgan. But it's I parked next one at the gym, and it, it was that new bluish-gray color, I think similar to the Tacoma that you wanted to get. And it yeah, had all the, blacked the out cement windows. color. Yeah, the <sighs> cement color. Yeah. That was a sweet color. But you know what? I, I, I was uh, Now that I see them, I'm actually kind of glad I got the silver because I think that color may not age well. Yep. You know, and and by the way, rumor has it that the motor that is uh, coming in the new Tundra actually may be a twin turbo V8. Really? Because all the research I'm reading saying the Tundra is getting rid of the V8, especially yep. if the gas prices are going up, that they're yep. going to go turbocharged V6. And that's what I've been reading, too. But then I there was a patent that was slid through uh earlier i think last year that was called for a twin turbo v8 now that could just be for a a raptor you know something to go after the raptors too well i was gonna say maybe their base model and the mid-range model would be the turbocharged v6 and maybe like the limited or the tdr version would have the dual turbocharged v8 and and one of the things one of the reasons toyota is so reliable is they don't do forced air induction 
because that actually shortens the life of your engine a little bit. Which is ironic because they got two models that look great with their fake air intakes, and I have one of them. And watch, they'll get it. They'll they'll get they'll get forced air induction, and then they'll get rid of the intakes. Yeah, right. They'll get rid of the fake air intake on the front. I was disappointed when I popped that hood and saw it. Yeah, but but nothing's as bad as the glued on ones that people put on their uh, Mm -hmm. on their various shit boxes, and sometimes they'll even put it on a fender. Yeah, I, I. you don't see it too much now, but remember like in the mid two thousands, like when Advanced Auto Parts sold all that different chrome with three M tape on the back and people would just put it all over even in places that made no sense, they would just stick chrome on their fucking. This cars is going to get me in trouble, but it's part of a game we used to play by I guess the ethnicity of the person driving the car mm-hmm. by how it is done up. Well, the there's a very common theme between two different ethnic backgrounds, that being white trash and that being Hispanic. Yep. And that is, one of them is that fake vent. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the uh, truck nuts. Yep. Oh, and so Florida made truck nuts illegal a few years back. Thank God somebody did. But rednecks, they can't be deterred by the man. So now I've seen them take giant physical nuts and weld them to chains and put them there. I've seen. Was that a Transformers movie where they're battling on top of the pyramids of Giza and it looked like two balls or two nuts or clanking me, below yeah, the truck nuts started <laughs> years ago they actually were bull's testicles they were actually um formed after bull they're you know bull testicles. yes uh the first time i seen a set of truck nuts was up in big sky montana circa 2004 did you hear about the fbi seizure of a um deposit box store in beverly hills no i did not now i I understand where the FBI is coming from, but I also understand where some of the customers are coming from. Here we go. After the FBI seizure of safe deposit boxes in Beverly Hills, legal challenges mount. Uh, William, who wishes to conceal his identity, is photographed at the U.S. private vault in Beverly Hills. William, I'm sorry, so it, apparently one of those was underneath a photo. Um, where he had stored his cash and precious metals becoming... Uh, before federal agents descended on the Beverly Hills strip mall last month and seized the contents of hundreds of safe deposit boxes inside the store. Um, A retired flooring contractor watches television one night last month when he saw the news report about federal agents raiding the U.S. private vaults, that's the name of the store, in Beverly Mm -hmm. Hills strip mall that let customers rent safe deposit boxes anonymously. We have a place like that here. I forget what it was called. It's like... It's fingerprint only. I forget. It's some weird deal where like the government can't come after your money. Or well, if you else, live in yeah. Vegas and you're watching this podcast, go get your shit or you'll be in trouble like these fellas here in uh, Beverly Hills. Because here's the problem. Um, he knew the place. Well, it was near his home for years. He rented a long, narrow box where he kept about $60,000 in cash, gold and silver. It also contained the title certificate to his pickup truck. The 69 year old man who declined to be named because of privacy and safety concerns, said he kept the stockpile of currency and precious metals since getting spooked by the uh, crash of 2008. Um, The raid has set off legal challenges from five box uh, holders who say the government violated the Constitution ban from a reasonable search and seizures. Basically, not to read this whole story, but the FBI was saying that they had, and I believe them, evidence that this store was being used as a money laundering and drug transferring ring because basically the drug dealers would come in put their money in the box and drugs in the box and leave and someone else would come in with the key and get said drugs the problem is the fbi raided this place took the contents of every single box 
drug dealer, money launderer, or law-abiding citizen, and they're telling the law-abiding citizens that you can come get your stuff, but you have to prove that the money was not gotten through ill-gotten gains. Now, if you're the type of person who's storing $60,000 worth of cash and gold bullion in a safe deposit box, I'm not saying you didn't get it illegally, but I'm probably saying you never paid taxes on it. And so now these people aren't wanting to go down there and present evidence that the money is theirs because, yeah, the money's yours, but uh, we see you never paid taxes on it. So now you're going to get, you know, all this stuff. And so they're trying to sue the FBI to get the contents back without having to come down there and prove that they were in legal possession of said goods. And so the FBI says, ah, we believe probably 20% of these guys were law-abiding citizens, but in order to get your stuff back, you got to come clean it. Now, so we do have a place here. I'm not going to mention a name, but no personal info is required. This place does not require a customer's name, identification documents, social security numbers, or even a fingerprint. Each customer receives a username with a cat passcode and only a set of keys. Yeah. That's it. So it says, be aware if another safe deposit box facility is asking for your ID, your name, your social security number, and your address, your privacy and security is compromised. A sign with the URL to the FBI's website is taped to the window behind which you can see in the safe deposit boxes. Federal agents descended on U.S. private vaults in Beverly Hills strip mall last month to seize the contents of hundreds of safe deposit boxes. Armed with a warrant, agents with the FBI and Drug Enforcement Administration pulled each of the... How easy of a fundraising campaign is that for the fucking government? Mm -hmm. Armed with uh, warrants, agents, the FBI, Drug Enforcement Administration pulled each of the store's several hundred boxes out of the wall and seized the contents. It took five days to inventory everything it took into the undisclosed warehouses. Prosecutors said drugs, weapons, and stockpile of currency that drew attention from drug-sniffing dogs were discovered. No worries, though. To reclaim your property, people must identify themselves to federal authorities and prove that they are rightful owners of the items. Which is the whole point of having that type of box. You don't yep. have to prove it to anybody. Well, yeah. apparently that that business structure is not what it's uh, said to be. Yeah. So yeah, when the man wants when the man wants the man gets. If it. you're gonna get one of his boxes. Maybe keep your birth certificate, social security card, things you don't want stolen by regular criminals and things that if the FBI do take, you won't be concerned be, about going down and claiming. I had the money to do something like that. And you just put a note in there that says, I just got this box to fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Nice try, dicks. Yeah. With a uh, like maybe a, a, a middle finger, a 3D middle finger printed deal just right there. So all these lawyers are coming and saying this is a basically unconstitutional part of legal, well, it's a legal search and seizure that you're taking everybody's contents under the warrant for three, you know, known people. So how are yep. you going to scoop up boxes? Um, going to be a tricky one. Yep. But anyhow, you ready for the news, fella? I am ready for the He's news. He's ready for the news. He's ready for the news. This motherfucker is ready for the news. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight, fellow? I am fantastic. Um, we were talking about the, uh, the hack that happened on the pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this kind of stuff in ransomware gangs, and this is coming in from the AP, give credit where credit's due, ransomware gangs get more aggressive against law enforcement. You and everybody else. All this ransomware (laughs) shit. But it's interesting, though. 
So out of Richmond, Virginia, one police chief, Will Cunningham, not to be confused with Richie, came to work four years Why ago. Why was I thinking f- David Cunningham? I don't know. It's Is Richie. that his dad? Maybe. I don't know. There was a Cunningham that disappeared at some point in time. But uh, I came to work four years ago to yeah, find Yeah, his brother. His-, his brother was like on episode one through two. One day <laughs> walked up the stairs and never came back. And they were never mentioned again. <laughs> Everybody knows he had a sister, but I think first, on the first and second first, episode, like yeah, second episode, he uh, walked up to his bedroom and was never seen of again. The only time in television you will see the result of a dysfunctional family back in that era. So police chief William Cunningham came to work four years ago to find that his six officer department was a victim of a crime. So ha- hackers had taken advantage of a weak password <laughs> to break into the encrypted files in the department. Let me guess. We are the police um, in the department of Roxana, a small town in Illinois near St. Louis. And they were demanding six grand in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. According to Cunningham, he was shocked. He was surprised and well frustrated. Police uh, departments, big and small, have been plagued for years by foreign hackers. No way. Uh, breaking into a network, causing a variety, a varying level of mischief from disabling email systems to the more serious problems with 911 centers being temporarily knocked offline. In some cases, important case files have gone missing. But uh, recently, things have taken a dark turn. Criminal hackers are increasingly using brazen methods to increase pressure on the law enforcement agencies to pay the ransoms. This, hold on, hold on, hold the newscast. Just, just then, our, our Digital 410 researchers have discovered the password. We have it here from the conversation between the hackers and the police. Here it is. I'll tell. I'll tell. I knew it would work. All right, give it to me. The combination is one. 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 Two. 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 Three. 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 Four. 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 Five. 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 So the combination is one, two, three, four, five. That's the stupidest combination I ever heard in my life. That's the kind of thing an idiot would have on his luggage. Thank you, your highness. Well, did it work? Where's the key? It worked, sir. We have the combination. Great. What's the combination? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Yes. That's amazing. I've got the same combination on my luggage. <laughs> that was as bad as the password password. Yep. That was the official password that the hackers used that the police did in to get the spyware in and around. Well, one of the things these uh, hackers are doing are... Uh, with the pay ransoms, they're also including leaking or threatening to leak highly sensitive and potentially life-threatening information. Mm-hmm. The threat of ransomware has risen to a level that's impossible to ignore with hardly a day going by without news of a hospital, private business, or government agency being victimized. I think the solution we learned from the last story is we all need to learn how to read and write Russian. Set our language on our computers to Russian and problem solved. And that's where it goes. On Saturday, the operator of a major pipeline system that transports fuel across the East Coast said it had been victimized by a ransomware attack that had halted all pipeline operations to deal with said threat. Uh, The increasing defiant attacks on law enforcement agencies underscore how little ransomware gangs fear repercussion. Because you know why? It's just hard to reach across the ocean. Washington, D.C., a a Russian-speaking ransomware syndicate called Babuk, hacked into a network of the city's police department. 
and threatened to leak identities of confidential enforcement informants unless paid an unspecified ransom amount. Uh, so this shit's going on, mm-hmm. man. But hopefully, There's like I uh, said, maybe this oh. is the last straw where Putin will be forced to make uh, some examples out of people just in the public eye and then pat the rest of them on the back. Hey. Keep up the good work, comrades. Yeah, the police department in a small town called Dade City, Florida. Yeah. Yeah, as many of its files posted on the dark web by ransomware gangs, Avondale, after City decided not to pay the 450k worth of Bitcoin that was demanded, they don't have the money. Files to show pictures of a dead body at a crime scene. Imagine just being online, all of a sudden a relative that you knew or a friend you knew that was murdered was right there. That's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time for the nuclear option. On Kill a commie for your mommy. Oh, I'm 100%. sorry, we're not allowed saying that nowadays, are we? I don't care. Say it. <laughs> so, uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. There's a bit of kerfuffle over some tortoises. A tortoise? Tortai. Go for tortai at that. Two men who relocated, relocated gopher tortoises are suing F- Florida's Wildlife Commission, saying that they should be awarded at least 500K. And damages That's all? because the agency violated due process by prematurely revoking their company's license for less than three weeks. The license to what? Relocate turtles? Who or are they? The yurtle turtle hurdle girt uh turtle hurdlers? Hoarders? Wranglers? Thirty dirty girt. Thirty dirty, dirty boy sitting on a coy boy and choy neat dirty oight wings. Long came will be saw the dirty dirty boy sitting on the coy boy and choy neat dirty oight wings. Boy, Wait, was he destroyed. The lawsuit names Florida Fish and Wildlife Look Conservation Commission. One employee, one Claire Sunquist Blunden, uh, as filed in Leon Circuit County Circuit Courts by Kaiser Consulting Group. The German name, imagine that mm-hmm. in Florida. Drew Kaiser and John Wilson, the Daytona Beach News Journal reported. The gopher tortoises are listed as threatened and must be relocated prior to land development. The state accused... Kaiser and Wilson are failing to report dead tortoises, overstocking pens of tortoises, and not maintaining the pens that were in disrepair. Bastards. According to said lawsuit, the agency warned Kaiser on March 19th that the licenses would be revoked if they didn't request a hearing. Same day, the agency posted on its website that the pair's licenses went ahead and got revoked. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they were saying, hey, straighten up your shit. But within the same day, they, uh, they, um, yeah. Get that turtle go. They took it out. It's not there. And get that turtle go, bro. I'm a Bowie. And when I, I thought that was was that at the end of the song prior to that? I think so. Because I thought it was at the beginning of that. Huh. Last story. Last story. And you may want to check with your daughter on this one. She's in there playing Pokemon. Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Because I'm such Pokemon. a great parent. What's that? She's in there playing Grand Theft Auto because I'm no, such an awesome parent. I'm, about, I'm talking about the uh, adult daughter. Oh, she's back in Grove City, so. Yeah, know. well, if she was a fan or a collector of Pokemon cards, mm-hmm. they are creating such a ripple in retail economy, it's felt in Vegas. The pandemic has created shortages and supply chain issues for many products. But one of the unexpected ones has been these Pokemon cards. Its surge in popularity has created a ripple effect in the retail economy. Uh, this uh, 
card guy who runs a card shop considers this the biggest sports card boom of his lifetime. The boom is currently so big it has forced Balak to go back into business after selling his cards card shop two years ago. He now owns a place called Drumroll, please. The awesome card shop. I reiterate literally with the explosion of sports cards, Pokemon cards, valuables, and collectability. The whole revolution has that's happening in this space. The revolution has led people to want to catch them all. Retailers like Target setting limits on sales, uh, resulting seen, in longer lines when the restocks happen. I've so seen some ripped, ripped shit, pissed fucking nerd TikTok videos where like Target opens and they go in there and all the fucking cards are gone because the employees buy them before they actually open and Walmart does the same thing. And nerd these rage, nerds full, are pissed. Full on nerd rage? I'm seeing videos of like Post Malone. At, he, apparently he's big into Magic the Gathering. There's like videos of him like back in the talking to some dealer buying up all the magic gathering cards so yeah there's definitely a um well it was interesting because i think several months ago shit maybe even last year i saw donut operator getting really into this yeah that surprised that me magic but yeah he's he's uh they're all nerds they're all nerds but that's great you know nerds gotta have their day too so needless to say everyone wants to run from target to walmart or one of these outlets to buy these products and quickly resell them because there's not enough product to satisfy the collecting pool these cats are going to like they put out these pokemon cards and mcdonald's happy meals and these cats are going to mcdonald's and just buying the whole like can i just buy an entire case of the cards i don't even want any food and they're like buying the entire cases from some of these places it's insane. So that is. Oh, actually, this concludes. No, this isn't news. You can move whoa, 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 on. Really? Yeah. I don't. I never have a chance to use my one sounder that I can't even find now. Oh, I. Whoa, whoa. And now breaking news. But you're done. So I've got a neighbor who uh, mountain bikes. Okay. His. Garage overfloweth with mountain bikes and motorcycles. Oh, yesterday the other day, somebody goes, "Man, I hear you. T- you've told me about these uh, mountain biking up in up in Big Sky. We need to go ride sometimes." Like, oh, dude, I don't, I don't have a bike right now. I'm a little fucking fat. He goes, "Oh, I've got a bike." He walks me over. He's going to let me ride his fucking Santa Cruz five thousand dollars Scott. And I'm like, it's all carbon fiber. I'm just like, I'll break it. I don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, that's my goal is to get back on a bike at least, at least by the end of the year. Are you so, familiar with what a franzipan is? A franzipan? Franzipan. It's a swamp tree. Nope. Don't know what it sounds like. It's named by a German, though. Basically, you can go to your friend's house and cut a branch off a franzipan tree and just plant it in your yard and it'll start to grow. And we did this and we're actually having great success. And um, where there used to be a branch, it started to bloom. I had a nice leaf and some flowers and it's starting to bloom at top. And Carrie's like, Hey, the flowers are missing off the bottom of the tree. Like, what? You don't think. Are these both white flowers with the yellow centers? Um, mine are pink, but yeah, some of them are white. Oh, I see some pink ones there. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, huh, you don't think. No. So, um, today, fast forward to today making sliders for dinner. And I see Bailey outside by the old franzipan limb that's planted in the yard, turning into a tree. Also called a plumeria tree. It's scientific name. 
And Bailey, as I mentioned, looks like Toothless to Dragon, but she also reminds me of Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> she walks. She walks by the tree, looks up to it, where the new buds are starting to sprout, where the old ones magically went away. <laughs> she gets up on her hind legs and just like Stitch goes, "Ow!" <laughs> eats them right off the fucking branch. And I opened the was like, "Hey!" She looked at me like. What are you doing? I mean, it was literally like, because Stitch eats everything. She like literally got on her hind legs and looked at it and just went, and just, and I was like, what are you doing? And so I smacked yeah. her on the butt, but I'm going to have to put like one of those tomato plant thingies. Like, you know how like people have to put around their bushes to keep deers from eating their grapes and shit. So they uh, are mildly poisonous. Ingesting leaves and flowers can irritate the digestive tract, so she may have a shit ass. No, she is a damn whole flower that can develop excessive salivation, vomiting, and diarrhea. Well, she's a damn billy goat. She walks around eating sticks and grass. There's times where she takes a crap, and I'm like, she'll have full blades of grass hanging out her butthole. She's gonna pull out the toilet paper. Well, you know, it's funny. Every for some reason, Oliver does this more in the afternoon when we take him for a walk. Every tree he goes or plant he goes by, he wants to do the same thing. And just keep on moving. And then I'm fighting him to get it out of his mouth. I, I've had my yeah. fingers down that dog's fucking mouth and throat more it's than the like, last. Come on, dog. And... Really? You're, 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 you're killing me here. It's the first plant I've actually had grow because everything else I've planted died. <laughs> and you're eating it. So I'm going to have to get, get one of those cages to put around it. Yeah, until you yeah, got to get her to eat enough of the lawn so you don't have to mow it. That's going to wrap up this episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. This episode of What's in Your Head podcast, just like always, is brought to you by friends at At Computers. At Computers has been providing IT solutions for all of Southwest Florida since 2004, and they can help you even if you're not in Southwest Florida by remoting into your computer. So if you need some help with your computer, give them a call at 239-283-1120. And if you need computer repair, laptop repair in the uh, Southwest Florida area, give them a call at 239-283-1120. And while you're on the internet, head over to d-410.com. And buy yourself a t-shirt. Support the show that way. And thanks to our new patrons. We picked up a couple of patrons last week. Thank you, guys. And if you want to support the show that way, head over to dhive410.com, like I said. And if you're on a smartphone or a mobile device, you may have to scroll down to find the orange banner. If you're on a computer, it should be on the right-hand side. Click that orange banner, sign up. It's a dollar a month. Or if you want to be like the new guys, it's $7.50 a month. And after month two, you'll get a new t-shirt. Gordon, you failed, by the way. We were supposed to get together on Saturday night and fill, uh, record a new OG5 podcast for the Patreon listeners. So we need to get on that right yes, away. And yes, for you OG5 members, I've tried to get two episodes of the Fail to Fail podcast out, and both times the guests canceled last minute as I was setting it up due to family emergencies. So the Fail to Fail podcast is quickly becoming the podcast that can't get made. <laughs> it's failing. Yeah, it's failing. So I'm At failing. I've been actively trying to get some um, – one of the one guy this week is actually um, a – bodybuilder like competition level and the other one was a female ocr racer but anyhow i'm still actively trying to get some people with interesting backstories and hobbies on that but like always head over to e-410.com to find all the things you need and um be sure to subscribe on facebook if you haven't done so and if you're downloading the podcast from our website or watching on youtube that's great but uh, if you want to get the full feel and you want to listen to us on the toilet or while driving your car like most people, you can subscribe to us on any of the podcast apps where podcasts are found. Most people use iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. So if you are on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review. And do you have anything else to say, Gordon? Thank you for getting the memo to wear the same color hat today.
You're welcome. Thank you for sending that memo. And we will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>